Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient. So you can use their products daily with confidence. You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine, so we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. Ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds, and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by 
0.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to FiberSkincare.com and use code UNFILTERED for 15% off. When I talk to parents, like now, I always try to remind them, like, it's it's not your dream, it's your child's dream. So you got to remember that and your your kids are going to make it kind of with or without you. Welcome to the new series, Cocktails and Conversation with Kat and Nat. And we've decided to bring you all of these conversations with people that we like to have where there's a little bit of wisdom, always hilarity and hilaria. Yes, some famous, some just cool, some drink, some don't drink, but there's always a conversation. Cheers, join us. Haley, I'm like, I just, I feel like you're the highest achieving human I've ever spoken to. <laughs> I'm like, usually we, uh, we, usually we ask our guests to like, um, tell, tell us about themselves. But I really think with all of these things, I think that maybe I should do uh, your intro because I, then I could read it. You, you don't do. have to remember That's all the things that you've done in your life. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm in bed. So why don't you go ahead and, and read what she's done while I lie in my bed. Okay. That sounds great. You're about to feel really bad about yourself, Kat. Okay? No, I already know. My husband, my husband was a hockey player, by the way, Haley. So he's very well aware of, of you. And, pardon? What I, team? Said, I see. I see. Oh, yeah, I, see. I see. So here we go. Yeah, he's 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 not lazy like us either. But anyways, guys, we're so excited <laughs> to have Haley Wickenheiser on our uh, podcast for so many reasons. Um, in case you were living under a rock or you need a reminder of who she is, I'm going to say her bio. She's done so many things that here we go. Okay, she's the longest serving member of Canada's national women's team. She competed in the first five Olympic Games in which women's hockey was included, winning four gold and one silver medal, making her the most Canada's most decorated Olympics. I love that decorated. It's, I just feel like there's just jewelry everywhere, like medals all over the place. Um, Haley's Olympic experience is not limited to hockey. She competed in softball at, in, at Sydney 20, not 20, 2000, um, making her not the second Canadian. What? Keep going. Just because I don't know how to read, Kat. Okay. Got it. Uh, making her the second Canadian female athlete to compete at both the summer and winter games. Haley was Canada's flag bearer for the Sochi 2014 games in 2017. She retired from competitive hockey. Wait for it. And she's late. And she later was an assistant director of player development for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And she is now in med school to becoming a freaking doctor. <laughs> okay. And I'm tired just from saying that, let alone you doing it all, Haley. Oh my gosh. You just thought being a doctor would be the right next step. I, well, you know, the truth is I knew I'd have to have a life after hockey. I wasn't one of those, uh, was it male NHL players making millions? So, um, but you know, the on the on the female side of the game, you're always thinking about life after because you have no choice. So, um, medicine was always something that I loved since I was a kid. When I grew up in a little town in Saskatchewan, and uh, we had these like rural doctors, and um, they really inspired me to want to go into medicine. So, I always I always knew I wanted to go to medicine. I just didn't know if I would actually do it, but. 
Here I am. Where are you living now? So I, I'm in, I go between Calgary and Toronto and, uh, I work for the Leafs with um, with my job with uh, player development, and um, well, I started started medicine in Calgary. And then when, when I got the call from the Leafs, I said, "I'd love to work for the Leafs, but I need to finish medicine because I started this journey." And uh, so I've been flying back and forth several times a month for the last few years doing it. That's kind of exciting. Now, um, what kind of a doctor do you want to be? Uh, emerge. Oh my gosh. And um, I was just thinking this morning, I was just like thinking just that, you know, Kat has three kids. I have four kids. All of them are going to become something in their lives. I'm like, would they have been showing an interest in um, medicine and being a doctor by now? Would we already know if that's what they wanted to do? Are they going to pop out of nowhere after high school and be like, oh, I'm being a doctor? They might. They might. I mean, um, you know, my mom and dad were teachers. I have no, I have no medicine in my family whatsoever. So I don't know, I guess it just happened for me. But again, my son, he's, he's 20 now. He, he has never liked hockey. He's, he hates hockey. He started your crying. Son is, your hate. son is 20? Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Whoa. <laughs> I was imagining your son was going to be young. And then I was thinking about how amazing it is that you get to fly and leave him every, a few times a month. <laughs> No, oh, now God. he comes with me. He comes with me all the time because oh. he wants to be in Toronto. So there you go. <laughs> oh, I have God. so many questions for you. I think like on so many levels, but like number one, when you started hockey, how old were you? Yeah. And was it even a sport for girls like it is to like, I mean, it's barely available for girls right now. It's like more prominent, but it that's only been in the last few years really mm-hmm. where it's been accessible to everybody. So I guess I'll start with that just because we have we have daughters and we hear that at age 11, they begin to lose confidence in everything and drop out of sports. And I yeah. don't know. So wh- how did you start and what age? Yeah, so I, um, like, as I said, I grew up in a town of 1,800 people. So um, Sean in Saskatchewan. So I started playing when I was five and my parents, um, my dad, they were teachers. So you know, in a small town, life is around the rink. That's where you go. And um, my dad played old-timers hockey. He wasn't like anything special as a player, but I watched a lot. And I remember asking if I could play. So they said, sure. And they put me uh, in hockey. And then my dad built a rink in our backyard for myself, Did you- and her sister, brother and sister. You have a brother and a sister? I have a younger brother and sister. Yeah. And in our neighborhood growing up, we had 30 kids on our block. So it was just like a giant party block party all the time we were all lived outside and we all ran around all the time and so we had like these built-in hockey teams that we basically grew up with and uh they loved having me play in our town because I was a body right you could you know you were short kids to make teams so they were like oh you want to play sure no problem and um that's kind of how it started for me so I was were there lots of girls or not were you the only girl I was the only girl. My best friend played a little bit and then she stopped, but I was the only girl consistently playing in my town. And in fact, I thought I was the only girl like playing hockey in the world until I watched, it was the 1990 women's worlds and it was the pink jerseys on television. It was the first world championship for women's hockey. And I, and I was like, Oh my God, they, they exist. They're out there. I was watching in the basement and that's when I knew I might have a, a future with hockey. So you know, so the whole obviously, thing, they can see it, they can be it. It's real. So obviously, like, okay, so we picture. I love that you heard that right, Nat. You, the if whole, you, if you, if you can see it, you can be it because 
they they can't see it a lot and it's not on prime time and it's not it's not like you just said what the men are making and so it's you're so right that's such a yeah we were we were doing a a a podcast with candace parker and she was playing a game that night and we're like oh my god we're gonna go watch it and couldn't get it on our tv you know men's basketball absolutely but we could i wanted like we all want to sit down and watch it we couldn't see it it was really shitty but okay so for um you guys don't get tsn6 (laughs) right tsn55 (laughs) <laughs> so so you obviously so I, I'm assuming when you were five and you started playing hockey you immediately liked it you weren't pushed to like it no I loved it it was my like my calling I, it, I always gravitated towards it yeah okay and what were you what was your parents involvement for you to become like to help you you can do this on your own to yeah. how much how much involvement did they have to help push you to get where you want to go yeah, so uh, it's interesting. My my dad always coached and my mom was always involved. So I always say like my parents were always around, but they were never helicopter parents. They were never pushy. Um, like many times I remember my mom saying to me like, do you want to, do you want to stop? Cause this is really hard. It's hard to watch you go through all this. Like, are you sure you don't want to do something else? Like they were very non pushy. The only thing, the only rule that we had in our house was that um, my parents were really active and fit. And so they just said, we don't care, but you have to do something. You have to play a sport, do an activity, you've got to move. And that was basically the only rule that we had. So it was easy, you know, for me playing hockey, but they were really um, non-pushy. And when I talk to parents, like now, I always try to remind them, like, it's it's not your dream, it's your child's dream. So you got to remember that. And your, your kids are going to make it kind of with or without you. I mean, of course I had an incredible support system and that was built around me and I was fortunate that way, but um, you know, my mom and dad had kind of allowed me to sink or swim on my own, which was good. Did your um, uh, brother and sister um, be, uh, become competitive athletes at all? Yeah, they were. My brother was, um, was a very good hockey player. He could have probably, uh, he would have played in uh, at least the junior, WHL um, or higher, but he had a really bad experience with a coach in Bantam and he, he quit. He was drafted a high draft pick and he quit hockey, which was unfortunate. And then my sister played, but my sister is a teacher. She was more of like a social butterfly. She liked the dressing room and she liked hanging out. She wasn't really too competitive. <laughs> so uh-huh. you know, she found her calling in teaching and uh, yeah, so, but we all played. That 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 makes me laugh because Cat's son um, plays hockey. He loves playing hockey, but he really also loves the dressing room. Like he loves just being with the guys, having so much he fun just, with he them. He likes to celebrate the game. You know what I mean? He loves to celebrate, and he's like high fiving everyone. And my husband, he's good, like, and oh. he loves it too. So That's he awesome. begs, please, because I don't really think I can put him in lessons because he loves the team so much. So to go and do lessons is so like. Uh, but when it's a team yes you know yeah he's a social guy oh yes I guess my I I, a question for I don't know your opinion on this or how you feel about girls in sports or like as women and as moms um you know who don't play necessarily sports but are, are trying to be active like is it just something your kids have to love or can you force them to partake in teams and 
especially Haley, because I know like when you said your parents said that you had to be active and uh, we totally, we, we totally agree with that. And that so far, all of our kids have chosen something, at least one thing to do. And I'll never forget. There's like this dad that I know and he's, who's older and his kids skied. And I was like, wasn't skiing so expensive. And he's like, ski uh, rehab's more expensive. I, I just let them roam free. They're going to go get addicted to drugs. But um yeah, if you have yeah. if you have a kid that doesn't have a specific interest or like, you know, natural talent in a sport, like yeah. can you how do you encourage this? Well, I think you got it. So now it's all about like early specialization. You know, kids play hockey around. Or kids specialize in tennis at like age eight with a personal coach, which is like insanity. Mm-hmm. So you got to expose your kids to. I just think if you can, if you if you're fortunate, you can give them mm-hmm. a lot of different opportunities in a lot of different sports, um, or or activities. I say sports, but I mean it could be like orienteering or like whatever, like just something that they enjoy to do. I think kids will find they'll ultimately find their passion. I mean, I can think of my own son. I was dragging him around to world championships, and we were at a world championship in Ottawa and uh, it was his birthday. And so I got invited by some of the special forces guys for him to come and shoot C8s at a gun, at a gun range in Ottawa. And he fell in love with it and joined the cadets. And then he recently joined the reserves in the military. And so that's his passion. He, he was in the cadets for years. And I, you know, I grew up kind of as a kid thinking, oh, cadets were only for nerds and those types of things, you know, in my town. And then I got to be around the cadets and see like what an amazing program it is for kids for, for all walks of life. And it really changed his life. That kid, it gave him discipline and it gave him something that he loved to do. So you never know where you'll fall into it, but I think just be open and, and uh, you know, expose them to as much as possible. And as long as they're doing something, like you said, they're not in rehab, it's a good thing. <laughs> I think it's really hard though right now because like sports are number one super expensive like number two it's like I I struggle with like um like did did it when you were 13 years old playing hockey were you with other women girls or were you still with boys or like what did you do when your body began to change and you're like I I just (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? My my son has one girl on his team right now, okay? So she has yeah. one girl on his team. And I I hope, oops, I hope that she stays there. For yes. so he can see that girls are actually she's the best fucking skater on the team. And he says skater. that, which is great. Yes. Yeah, and I are. hope she yeah. stays on that team. But I bet when she's 13 in the change room with a bunch of boys. Yeah. Can, well, I played, I mean, I played, uh, I played up to midget AAA, which is 15, 16 years old with the boys. And I, I think I started changing in my own change room when I was 10. I think that's when oh. they were like, you have to go maybe a little older, like 10, whatever. And so then, you know, you're separated. And the hard part, I didn't care because for me, it wasn't social. I just wanted to play the game. I was very driven. But I think for a lot of girls, that's hard when you're suddenly isolated and you're by yourself. And it's yes. not for everybody, right? So a lot of girls will switch. They'll switch to girls hockey. But now compared to when I was that age, 20 some years ago, it's like much, there's much more um, uh, opportunity and the level is better and all that stuff. So that's not so much of a big deal. But I remember when I was uh, 14 or 15, I had switched to playing women's hockey um, because uh, I was trying out for the national team. (laughs) And uh, here I am playing with women that are like 30, 35 years old. Like my first roommate on the national team was a grade 10 math teacher and I was a grade 10 math student. 
Oh so, my gosh. Can you imagine the poor woman? She had to deal with me, but um, yeah, that was my first experience. So she's I so really like that you said you. the poor woman. I was thinking, poor. so poor you, you had to be with this grown up. Oh, oh yeah. I hated that. Yeah, no, they were amazing. These women, like they, they really like shaped my life. Like I really grew up in the national team program and like for 25 years, whatever I was around. And um, they were from all walks of life. They were, they were teachers, they were lawyers, they were um, like professional businesswomen that also played hockey because you also had to have like another life and another career. Right. And so they were tough. Like they taught me about like how to train and, you know, how to grow up really fast at that age. So it was pretty cool. Did you, you wait? Did your parents say goodbye to you and like you went to go billet? Were they like bye and you went and lived with these grown-ups? Kind of, although with the national team we get pulled together. So I still, uh, I think I moved out of home when I was seventeen. But when I was fifteen, we were getting, we were having camp. So they pull us in for two to four weeks, and then you'd go home and you'd come back and forth. But my mom and dad were leery. They, they thought I should play like another Canada games, which is kind of like, you know, mini Olympics for, for kids under 18. And I was determined I was going to play on the national team. So they were like, okay, good luck. <laughs> oh my <laughs> they didn't know gosh. what to do, but uh, they, they knew pretty quick that it, it was going to be my decision, I think. So, so were you really good or were you really talented? Or, I mean, did you, were you work naturally really talented or did you work really hard? Um, both. I think I was gifted with, a, with being a good athlete. Um, just, I was at a young age, very coordinated in those things, but I, hmm. my dad will say that my sister was a better hockey player, but I worked harder. So I think, um, oh. yeah, I think that I had the work ethic thing, uh, down pat. I, I always through my whole career said, you know, there might be better talent, but I'm going to make sure that nobody outworks me so that's kind of my you're my husband you're my husband Haley you're my husband you're the same (laughs) very different though (laughs) (laughs) when um uh oh this is what I want to know okay so you obviously grew up in sports and you'd see all these kids and you know what your parents were like you know how they were like they didn't pressure you they uh, they made sure that you were still comfortable and then you have and then you have a grown son now do you, do you, can you see things in parents at like sporting like practices and events that you're just like, you're doing like, you're, you're doing such a disservice to your child, the way that you're, you're behaving or intervening. And if so, what did those things look like? Like if any parents out there are doing those things, what do they look like that we might want to stop? Oh yeah. Well, I run a hockey festival called Wickfest. So every year we put 7,000 people through our festival. So I get to see literally thousands of parents coming through the door from girls ages five to 18 years old and I pick them out right away I can pick them out mile mile away you can just tell there's a look like the moms have a look the dads have a look and they have a vibe and I I if I see it if I see um like behavior that is not acceptable I will actually confront people in the rink and I will ask them to leave or step out of the rink if excess yelling or just crazy hockey parent um like we just don't stand for it so and you know i would say majority of parents are amazing like 90 percent of parents they truly are like they're awesome and they're super supportive and sometimes they get carried away and that we all do but then there's the 10 percent or so that are just that shit crazy yes cat had cat had some um, parents on her team where she was telling me stories and she's like it was the parents the parents were fighting 
Yes, I've seen um, it. Yes. But I do love the ones that just get a little like worked up. That's my favorite sitting in the hockey rink. There's like this one mom, she doesn't do anything bad, but she gets so into it. It's like my <laughs> best entertainment. I'm not watching the game. I'm just watching her. It's oh, such yeah, a good time. So for <laughs> as all long the- as it's harmless, you know, if, like, yeah, everybody gets excited and, you know, every, t- every once in a while crosses the line. But I, I actually <laughs> think the greatest thing out of this pandemic might be the yeah. fact that parents can't go into the rink. They have to wait outside. I think that that's actually an amazing thing. I actually heard that um, uh, uh, coaches feel that way, and so do teachers. Finally, these parents that won't get out of the school can't Don't come in. Can't come in. I have a question for you for all the batshit crazy parents since you coach and you develop. <laughs> like, do you see a difference? Is there a massive difference in children who practice and their parents get them um, specialized coaches versus the kids who play a reasonable amount? Right. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, is there a a massive, are you like, whoa, that kid trained a 30 hundred hours versus that one? I love the number 30 hundred cat. Again, showing our geniusness. No, just because it's such an unrealistic number. You know what I mean? Those parents were like, who I, I, God, I'm sure this person listens to the fucking podcast, but there's someone on one of my children's teams who calls the coach and their young children after every practice or game and wants to know what they need to hire basically a specialist in to work on to yes. get that child better in the spot that they're less than. And these children are all under the age of, let's just say eight. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. 
You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine, so we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Nat. Yeah, so they should be fired as a parent. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yes, so here's the thing is that in the short term, if you have, like anything, if your kid is specializing in whatever it's going to be, yeah, they're going to get really good at that, maybe for the short term. But I can guarantee you over the long, the long haul, which it's a long life and a long career and long maturity, that always evens up. And they're, they're, it's proven time and time again, you look at the best hockey players, let's just take Crosby, Gretzky, Shanahan, like some of these guys that they could have played another sport. So when I'm working with the Leafs and I see players coming up, often the best hockey players, they're not the ones that just played hockey all all year round. They did other sports. You put them on a basketball court, they can shoot a basketball. They can, you know, pick up a baseball bat and hit. So um, you'll see the difference when, yeah, if a kid's playing all year round, they're going to come at eight years old and maybe come flying out of the blocks in September. But when they're 15, they've quit hockey and they're probably pretty miserable. So that's what I always say is over the long haul, like who cares? And it's, it's, it's completely unnecessary by playing other sports. You can really, you can make up for that. I mean, my, I guess the question is though, like the, the people who are, are specializing so hardcore, really upping the ante for every time. So they're creating this crazy mentality because if, your teammate is skating seven times uh, a week and they're going to get on the better team. And then that better team is basically chosen at nine years old and your path is determined at nine years old, which is how is this possible? And how is, at least in Toronto, I don't know about the rest of the world, but 
a lot of these sports, football in America, soccer, all of them, like my daughter is basically at 10 years, 11 years old. She goes into the next best stream of soccer at, at 11 years old. They decide who's going to be mm-hmm. in the stream. And I'm like, how is this possible? What do we yeah, do about this? I know it's, it's a problem. I remember my son was a competitive swimmer and I would say to the swim club, man, like let these kids do something other than swim, like take them onto the gym and play basketball. And they were so anti anything but swim because in the mentality uh, is uh, only unless you've swam, swam 30 hundred hours, can you be a good swimmer? So um, that it is a problem. And I think we have to change the culture and the mentality. When I played in Europe, it was, uh, it was interesting because they're incredibly patient with the way they develop athletes. And uh, they, there is um, prestige for the best coaches coaching the youngest kids. They actually get paid to do it. It's not a demotion. In Canada, it's volunteer moms and dads that are coaching. So I think one of the ways we could switch it is to really put qualified people in and, and look at the way we're developing because the rest of the world's kind of catching us when it comes to sports like hockey and other sports. We're not the clear favorite anymore. And by playing all year round, that certainly isn't helping us. So you know, I agree with you. I think it's a problem. I think Toronto is is a real problem. I don't see it as much in other parts of the country, but the GTA is is pretty crazy about it. Wow. So we we you I I I'm so glad to hear you say this, and I, I really hope we do change it because it breaks my heart that at nine years old kids are are being chosen, are basically determined for the rest of their life what stream they'll play in. Right? Like it's really hard to move up from a stream after you've been put in a category at eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, can, can you change it? Can we change it? Or like, it's a lost cause for GTA? Well, I think what we can change is our attitude towards it. So for example, like being more patient with, with kids, like, you know, young teenage boys are dropping out of hockey at an alarming rate in this country at 14 years old, if they're not drafted in the Bantam draft, which means absolutely nothing, whether you're going to make the NHL or not. <laughs> Um, but that, that's this, this mentality that we have, we're just so like crazy about it. And I think we need to like back off a bit, need to, um, let our kids develop at their own pace and not write kids off. You know, if you're 14, you haven't developed well, Henrik Zetterberg made the NHL at age 25. If he was Canadian, he would have never made it. He was Swedish and they were patient with him. So it's um, a different mentality and we just, we have to switch, I think the way we think, because we lose a lot of kids that we shouldn't lose. A lot of talent falls, falls off the wayside. What what are we learning? What are we learning in the sports? And like, why do we want them to stay past 14, even if they're not going to make it to the NHL? And let's be honest, like 0.5% is making it to the NHL. There's got to be, there's got to be more upswing other than the NHL that these kids, which I know for a fact, but I know a lot of people don't. What mm-hmm. are these kids, what are they, what are they earning rather than just the accolades of being the best on the ice? Yeah. Well, if you, the stat is actually, I think one in 5,000 kids that plays midget AAA. So the highest level as a 15 year old would make the NHL one in 5,000. That's the stat. So the odds are pretty low. And you know, I see it in med school. So I started med school at 39 and I'm in med school with kids that are 20 to 25 years old, right? You're doing the opposite of what you did in hockey. I know. I live life opposite. And, um, you know, you see these kids that have never played a team sport. You can always tell in the real world who, who has been around teams and, 
and knows how to work with people and who hasn't. And so the, like the skills that it equips kids with for life, just playing and being involved in support, I mean, you don't realize it. I didn't realize what I knew and how much I appreciated my team until I stepped out of hockey, how much mm-hmm. hockey has given my life and how competent the women that I played with through the years are as human beings. Like it's just, it's wow. shocking when you get into the real world, how that doesn't, that's not as common as I thought it would be. Um, Cause I was so insulated in my bubble for a long time. Yeah. And yeah, learning teamwork is so important. That's why we say like, we want our kids to be on a team on some sort yeah. of team, just to see how that works. It's a, it's a dynamic that they'll use, use forever. Like you said, what about, um, oh, gender equality in sports are we ever going to achieve it and uh that's the one question the other one is what can we all do to like help push it forward yeah um you know are we ever going to achieve it well you know at the olympic level for example it's pretty close if you look at male female participation in the olympics it's like 50 to 49 to 51 it's pretty close so yeah getting there and then you know, at that level, they're really trying to push it, which is good. Where I think the big gap is, is as we talked earlier, like who's, who's watching? Are you, are you able to turn on TSN and see the WNBA or the WNHL? Not very often. And so for me, where it starts is with eyeballs and broadcasters. And if, and it's a chicken and egg, if you don't have the the sponsorship, you can't get the broadcast hours and vice versa, but at some point, and it's mostly, men in these positions uh, yes. that are making these decisions, they have to champion this. They have to want to believe in it and they have to take a chance. And so, you know, you see that in the WNBA, it's probably the most progressive sport outside of tennis. Women's tennis is pretty equal now. Uh, it's come a long way, but you know, hockey's still, it's the last bastion of, you know, kind of the old white male mentality that in pro sports, the, M- the NFL is ahead of it. The NBA is ahead of it. So um, I think that's what we need is we need those male leaders to step up and champion it. We need the broadcasters to champion it. And then people have to watch it. You have to buy tickets, buy tickets to a women's sport, you know, go watch, uh, support it, get your daughters involved, those types of things. That's, that's, what's really going to change, but it's the champions and the internal people that, that really hold that power. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I also, part of me feels like it maybe like I, my daughter plays soccer four days a week and I have to go get her new soccer shoes and, you know, they call it, um, they call it, uh, equal, not what, what's it when it's not boy or female unisex, I mean, unisex, unisex. the yeah. wall of shoes is all unisex, but it's, it's not, it's all ma- very masculine, right? They're just, they're trying to change the language on it. And she just wants pink shoes. And I'm like, it, it drives me. I feel like if we could entice girls to not feel like they have to just be masculine to be in sports. And if we open the sports, their, their minds up, right? Because even when I was choosing a sport for my daughter to get involved in, I mean, if you're not hockey or soccer, it's, it's very hard to have access or dance. It's really hard to have access to all kinds of different sports. And it, it wasn't, it hasn't been easy to get her to fall in love with a sport because there's no, there are role models, but not easily accessible. And when you walk into a sports store, it is not, it is not for the girl who also loves dresses in pink. And that breaks my heart that we can't have hockey players who love to wear dresses and soccer players who want pink shoes, you know, tennis players. They've nailed it, you know, but they've also sexualized them to a major degree. So yes. it's like this very weird dynamic that can you make a line of soccer and hockey skates there, Haley, or what? <laughs> well, here's the thing. When I run my, my hockey festival, which includes like little five-year-olds and 18-year-olds, um, there's a lot of pink going on. And now um, you actually can you actually can buy like pink hockey tape and pink gloves and manufacturers like Bauer making pink helmets. So um, they're starting to, to get on that um, you can be a, a girl, a girly girl, for lack of a better way to say it, you can be feminine and still be a great athlete. I mean, I've, play, I've played with <laughs> hundreds of those types of athletes through the years and, um, and, and women and of all walks of life. And, and so I think it's come, it's, I'm starting to see it because Wickfest is always a barometer for me. How much pink am I going to see? <laughs> and uh, I see more and more, especially, you know, the five, six, seven, eight-year-olds that, that age range. So um, I think, I do think companies are slow. Like I find the hockey manufacturers, they are slow to listen and slow to make changes. And they can do much better. Same like pro hockey life, sport check, places like this. They, they've got a responsibility to display the female athletes on the wall when you walk into the store. And, yes. you know, I don't understand because it makes good business sense to me, but I don't get it. Yeah. Especially when it's moms mostly buying the stuff. It's mostly 100%. women buying the children's gear. Make it women oriented and don't up the price because it's for little girls and for women. Make it the same uh-huh. as... You know, I've spent 20 years hammering my head against the wall with these hockey manufacturers saying the same thing. Like, how come you people cannot understand that this, that these are women making these purchases? So you should appeal to them. But That's wow. Yeah, it's very well, frustrating. I'm glad to hear that we're moving in that direction. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that, you know, you're seeing progress because, you know, from where we stand, yes, we see girls definitely joining in, but it's, it's, it is hard to hear that they don't have a, an 
a path that kind of end like they can't have the dream like the boys can have you know the boys are always like NHL I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this where the girls it's just kind of like they don't get to have that same conversation um I I hope they get to I like do you see that like Nat said about the equality and the pay like will they be able to only play one sport without having to have a second job I think so. I think that's coming. Like uh, if the pandemic didn't happen, we may be closer to a women's professional hockey league than we ever have been before. But I think that's really set well the world back, but obviously women's hockey got put back on the back burner, but I think we're close now. I think I've had several conversations with the NHL with Gary Bettman about this very topic. And I know that they're, they're pretty serious about it. I do think that something will happen um, probably within the next couple of years. So uh, a little girl can grow up. I always say to little girls, you're going to grow up and you're going to be able to play play hockey for a living if you want. And that's, that's cool. It's something I never had. I, you know, I went into med school or did did other things. So um, I do think that's happening. That is, that is. you also played with women who were doing full-time jobs and like Candace Parker is a full-time mom, full-time yeah. in the WMB. Like, you know, a lot of them had their kids with them in the bubble. And I'm just like, the women need to get paid equally because often we're also the caregivers who are trying to like yeah. work full-time and then train full-time for a, a high-end sport. Yeah, for sure. I think equal pay is a ways off. And, and I, I understand it to a certain extent because, you know, you, you have to be able to bring in the broadcast numbers. You have to show, you know, you have to show that, that you can make those numbers. So I think we have to start like appropriately, but appropriately paid doesn't mean low pay. It can still be great pay, yeah. you know, yeah. and but does, move up from there. Does that also mean getting girls enticed into sports so it, it reflects their interests rather than trying to make a female sport a male dominant, like convert yeah. the people so that you have, it's a cycle, right? So if we make it more friendly for girls to want to watch sports in terms of it, they reflect people who look like them, then we'll get the broadcast and girls will be like, I want to watch, we all watch the Raptors, you know? Exactly, exactly. I, like we, we, we have to make it friendlier across the board. Yeah, the way uh, I framed it to Gary Bettman is that why not prepare a family of four to pay $80 to watch a professional women's hockey game so they're going to pay $800 or more to watch a Leaf game someday. So you're having a built-in audience as you go, as you develop your product. And so that's kind of the way, you know, uh, we've been trying to pitch this thing through the years is that it's it's not just a straight loss out of your pocketbook. You're building community and audience yeah. and wouldn't it be wicked to do an experiment where you put all women on the ice, but people don't know it's women and you like hide and everyone thinks they're men. And then they watch the game and the end of the game, they take their helmets off. You know, they think they're all the Leaf players or like, yeah. you know, this new team. And then they take their helmets off like losers. You just watched women play hockey and it was amazing. Wasn't it? <laughs> don't you want to do this? We'll do it on TV. It'll be like the next reality show. We punked you good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I like fun. that game. We should do that, Nat. We should set that up. Set, okay, you guys should set that up. <laughs> really? We'll have two um, teams, all of women, and let's see if they oh, can complete it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Nat, I think that's a good idea, Nat. We'll do that. Okay. Okay, we'll make it happen. Um, we want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy life. When are you done? Um, when do you get to be a doctor? When are you done school? Yeah, so in May, I'll be <gasps> 
Hopefully. You you get to you get to start a brand new life. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still work. With, I'm still working with the Leafs, so hopefully, I'll still be always dabbling. Um, hockey is always my first love, so hockey and medicine combined would be ideal. I don't know where that'll take me, but uh, getting probably through med the dressing room. What's that? Be like probably they'll be. Like, we have an injury, Haley. Can you want uh, come on down and just? You'll be doing like double duty. You know what you'll I mean? You'll be. Job. You'll be. A, Team doctor, and then you'll be team development. Yeah, you know what's funny is I, I never cut my face in my whole career because of you know I wore a mask. Even when I played pro men's hockey, I did pretty good. Just my nose once. I started working with the Leafs, and what I'm out on the ice for a practice, and I get a puck right in the face right here, and uh, at a practice, and split my lip so bad I knew I needed like ten stitches. So I but we were at a different rink, so I had to drive to Scotia Bank with this giant ice pack on my face and I would have stitched myself up if it was any other body part, but not my face. Uh, right. did an amazing job on my lip. You can't even tell. So there you go. <laughs> are you, uh, what are the chances? Are you going to practice um, um, being a doctor in Toronto or in Calgary? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, we have to apply. It's a big process to get it in your residency. So I will choose choose both but I work for the Leafs so I would love to be able to do my residency in Toronto and uh, continue oh that work on so knock on wood um you don't really have any guarantees but you hope you can get what you apply for you it's are they so call it's funny how they call practice medicine like you practice that's kind of a bad thing you're I'm gonna go my, my practice don't practice nail it on me okay you better no do more, it no more practice well you are in a little mood over there aren't you cat <laughs> I just it just where are you gonna practice I'm like god they really do just practice you hope it works out like there's no there's no final shot it's one practice that's it there's no practice time you know what I mean someone was being a doctor practicing practicing no they they were funny when they made that up someone was in a mood when they made that word up well (laughs) and Haley thank thank goodness uh, women like you exist so that uh, the all the girls can look up and see what what is possible and that not only are you an amazing athlete you worked hard to do it and now you're brilliant becoming a doctor like this is you know Kat we should get her to be our kid's mom (laughs) <laughs> let's That's go drop true. seven kids off I think, oh my you know god what? i don't know how you guys do it we wouldn't have to drive to hockey practice <laughs> they would just no, have no, we'd her. never have to go to the doctor oh my god if she could just become a dentist we'd nail it we'd have thank well, you so oh much it was so it was so nice talking to you it was so nice meeting you and can't wait to uh talk more about you to our girls and and try to help the the mission to um to get one day get more equality and you know what i can't wait to go tell my son about you and then he's going to ask if you're better than his dad because he always compares everyone to his dad and his dad will go yes she was yes she. <laughs> and then he yeah he's gonna say that Watch. And then, and then we're gonna do YouTube videos looking her up because we have to do the <laughs> like whole the thing. YouTube oh God, there'll be some videos on there. Yeah. Well, enjoy I that. Well, thanks for having me, guys. We have a great time. So much. Bye, guys. Okay. Have a great day. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.